What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 14 of Beyond the Smokestacks. I am joined by my co-hosts, Christian. What's up, Christian? I'm showing, showing, showing. And that boy, Davi, what's good? Yo, 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 it was good, bro. <laughs> and we have the honor of having a special guest, um, none other than Sam Perman. What's up, Sam? How's it going? Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, how, how you how you living over there? You know, doing well. At, at the end of a school week, it's nice to relax. I've got the U.S. Men's National Team uh, game on the in the background. They're up two 0 against Grenada, so you know, hope, ho- hoping for a big win today. For sure. Um, I, I've already I've already gone on record stating that I think that uh, this game will be five 0 at halftime. So uh, if you guys are listening to this tomorrow um, and it is five 0 at halftime, then I will be uh, correct. <laughs> uh, but Sam, <laughs> Sam, a rapid fire questions, uh, NYCFC related. Favorite current NYCFC player. James Sands. I'm glad that he's back. <laughs> so if we, if we would if we would have had you on pre during preseason, then that would have had to have been a different answer. But we will take it because he is officially back on the roster, um, albeit maybe not for long because he's looking pretty fucking strong. Oh, oh. Gio Reyna just went down to the box. Sorry. <laughs> uh, favorite all time NYCOC player. Uh, I would probably have to say. Probably Collins. Alexander Collins. Uh, Iron Man Collins. Two episodes in a row. I know Felix said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to say Collins. uh, Yeah. He he means a lot to this club. He he definitely deserves a statue. It's a good answer. Him and Maxi both put them on the statue already. Uh, Yeah, we definitely need to to have a Man United style, like arms around each other statue of Maxi, Collins, Tinnerholm. And Tati, I'd say, yeah. I agree. Uh, final question: Favorite NYCFC kit? I'm gonna have to say uh, the 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 sky blue that we won the championship in. The Bronx blue. It's a classic. The Bronx blue. We had a really good record in the Bronx blue. We won a championship in that kit. It's definitely it's it's my favorite. It's clean looking. I'd wear it out. Bronx blue for sure. Can I just can I just say like how nice the last three NYCFC kits have all been? Like like the Bronx blue, the Vault kit, and now the Interboro kit. They've all been fucking class. Yeah, MLS has definitely stepped. Adidas has definitely stepping their game up in terms of the design. Yeah, they they updated uh they updated the home kits. So if you bought the I, home I've kit, already, I've already got it, Davi. You don't have to tell me. I'm already rocking the Interboro kit against the Red Bull Red kit. Uh, by default, an ultimate team. I'm kicking right now. I'm cooking. I, I won eight out of ten uh, ch- uh, foot champs playoff games, and now I've won one out of one actual foot champs game. So, and my division rivals record. I mean, c- c- come on, you-, you played against me. I dicked you around last week. But uh, yeah, I got, I got, I got promoted to Div Five after the season reset, and now I and I just packed a foot birthday Bernardo Silva today, and he came out in the inner bro kit. Nice. You know what? I'm going to give a supplemental answer to my favorite kit. Okay. Uh, I'd say 20, it was the 2019 season, maybe 2020 season. There we go. Uh, Finally, we got someone else saying that's a nice kit. Hold on. You two bozos said it was shit. I'm I'm not going where you think I'm going. That was uh, the goalkeeper kit. That was orange. It was orange, and it had 
It was like two different shades of orange, and it had stripes. Yeah, no, oh, that was 20, 2018. Yeah, 2018. 2018, and I gotta say, Sean looked good in that kit. <laughs> as much as I hate Sean now, that orange kit, because it was like the only piece of orange that we had. That we had as a as a team, really. Besides yeah, that little V neck, the only yeah, the only the only um, the only but player I, at that at that like like the only player in the position like on the field for NYCFC at that time to wear orange was the goalkeeper, and it was like yeah. sporadically, it wasn't even like wasn't she even through that. Joe's got There we go. He's yeah. Joe's got it. Yep. That's exactly what it looks like. I I I actually love that kit so much that my senior year of high school it was 2018. Uh. I played soccer, I was the goalkeeper for my team, and I bought that kit, the blank version, just so I could wear it. And there are photos of me, 51, who is that, Eric Johansson? Uh, I, think, uh, I think it's one of the academy kids. I think it's an academy jersey. Okay, okay, that's still, that's still, that's, that, that's still cool, to have the branding and everything. But yeah, just no. smack his last, he could just smack his last name on it, it'll be, it'll be his kid. Funny thing about Johansson, I think he wore the number ones. I think he was initially intended to be the starting goalkeeper over Saunders, but that didn't work out for one reason or another. And then we saw him play in the playoffs, and then those reasons. Well, they, were, to, they, were, they were both shit, so it wouldn't have made a difference, to be honest. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And then we got Joe, then we got uh, Sean in 2017, and, you know, independent of how I feel about him leaving for Toronto, he was a very good goalkeeper. So Hucho, which I think was a pretty good investment in the end. Yeah. Fuck Sean Johnson. That's all I gotta say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hu- Huicho, uh, he's he's been he's been he's been tight. All right. And and on a personal and on a personal level, I'll say before we move on, if we're still in the conversation about goalkeepers, quickly, is that from the get go, Huicho has been one of the nicest guys on the team and always willing to talk to fans before games, after games, like when he got drafted. Like he, he he and he still knows people by name. He he he's just a very genuine guy and and one of the greatest personalities on the team. I'd say he's, he's just a chill dude in, in general. One hundred percent. Sam, uh, where do you sit uh, at, at, during home games in Yankee Stadium? I don't sit. I stand uh, in two thirty six with uh, the the Murga. I play drums for 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 ninety minutes for for every game. I'm drumming before the games. I'm drumming during the games. I'm drumming after the games. Um, I play everything. Uh, yeah, I don't really sit during matches. And honestly, to be honest, I don't really watch matches. I'm focused a lot on drums. And when I can, I take a glance over at the billboard or I turn my shoulder over. But for the most part, I've got my back to the field. Uh, you know, get getting in with the drummers. So, 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 Sam, I actually have a question because I I'm actually a drummer. Like, in, outside of this, uh, do, do you play on a kit as well? Colosso! Sorry, U.S. just scored. Great. Wow, what a volley. Weston, Beautiful volley. Weston McKinney, Scorpion volley. Beautiful. Is that three or four? Three. That's it's three. three. No. Oh, In wow. 30 minutes, so we're averaging a goal every 10 minutes right now. Nice. Yo, so, Sam, do you play on that kit? So, I, I don't, actually. I started off, I played saxophone for 10 years, I'd say, through middle school and, uh, and high school. I played alto for one year. I played tenor for one year, and then I played and I played baritone sax for for probably six, eight years. Um, and then, yeah, I just picked up the drums because I had a good sense of rhythm and time. Not to toot my own horn a little bit, but um, all good. Yeah, it uh, it it kind of came easy for me. I mean, I started off uh back in the days when 
the drums were separated in that time in 2017 and uh third rail had a set of drums and templados had a set of drums and i was playing the big bass drum that we had and then i moved on to snare drum and then eventually i moved on to you know drumming with templados as a part of their group nice yeah no that, that that's the dude the saxophones are oh, they just scored is that four no, oh no no oh no, no that's one wow that's disgusting Again, if you're listening to this with headphones, I apologize. It's a great finish. The screams and the interruptions, but uh, it's a, it's a great finish. This, by the way, this is being recorded during the USA Grenada game. It, it, it's it, it's all good. Uh, I think uh, you know our, our fans are due for our listeners. I wouldn't say we have fans. We have listeners. Our friends listen to us. Uh, so yeah, no, I would say that they'll appreciate the change of pace and the the uh, the retroactive like live. <laughs> a live commentary. Yeah, it's, it's a live. It's a live reaction. You know, oh. people want. People Hi- want. Hippo light. Genuine. His name is Hippo Hippo late. So, uh, so we got scored on by a hippo. So Sam, um, do do you go back and watch the replays of the matches after 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 the games to kind of see what the product was on the field? Uh, yeah, definitely. I definitely will spend a lot of time looking at st- statistics. Excuse me. I Foot Mob is a great. I love that app. Um. And then I also just look at uh, general statistics on the MLS website from matches and and uh, to get a sense of players. But um, I, I wouldn't say I spend the whole time with the with with the field at my back. But um, I would say during the games I'm more focused on drumming than I am of the product on the pitch, and I spend more time afterwards analyzing how the team performed. So I actually got a question. Is it, like you know, obviously. You're at every single game, so I'd assume that you're a season ticket holder. Like, 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 yes, it, I am. It, is, that, is that like, I, and like, 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 this isn't like a passive aggressive comment at all. Like, 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 is it worth it? Like, like at that point, just for that, like, that vibe and everything like that, and that, then like knowing that you're providing that vibe, like, is that, like, like, is that like where like the thrill of going the matches comes from for you? Definitely, and I think the sense of community that that going to the matches brings. Um being with people who are just determined to do the same thing we're all here to root for the same team um us being together for that one root cause definitely motivates us to do that thing even further and then you know comments from the team itself comments from players comments from 4-1 4-1 weston mckinney again off a free kick comments from the team comments from nick cushing that you know he said last week after the match you know having being at Yankee Stadium, having the fans there as the 12th man, we definitely feel it. We definitely feel the energy on the pitch when the team is performing well. We feel it in the stands, and we definitely provide that as well. It's a, it's a reciprocal relationship. This game is really about to end 10-1. <laughs> All right, so I, I think now is a good time as ever to kind of start jumping into Houston. Um so a little bit of uh, st- statistics that I dug up. Um, all time against Houston, we are two, two, and one. Two wins, two draws, one loss. Um, we've scored eight goals against them, to seven goals against. Now I also look at the specificity of where the game is being played. In Houston, we have one win and one loss. Previously, it was at BBVA Compass Stadium. They've rebranded now. It's I think Shell, the Shell or Shell Energy Stadium or some, something. Some 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 dumb shit. It like was that. PNC Bank last last year. Yeah, it used to be BBVA. Now yeah. now it's Shell. 
Um, so the, la the last time we won in Houston was uh, in September of 2016. We won 2-0 in, in front of 19,000 uh, fans. A, a David Villa race with a loud trombone in the background and a Tony Taylor game winner. <laughs> uh, and no, then, it, was, it was a David Villa race. And then our, one, our, our loss in Houston came in May of 2018. It was a 3-1 defeat um, in front of 18,000. So, I mean, that we're looking at what what, we, what like what fan we might, like what capacity we, we might be seeing um th those two games were in warm weather but houston is always fucking warm so it doesn't really uh matter um but that, that this kind of plays into nycfc struggles on the road as it like in, in terms of our entire franchise history and then also uh in houston we're we're 50 percent uh with, with getting a uh, getting a result um our most recent game against houston like it was at Yankee Stadium. It was in uh, it was in August of 2019. We beat them three two. So we haven't seen Houston in a couple seasons. Um, 2019 was pre-pandemic. Um, 2019 was uh, was Tati. Um, that was those were the Tati years. Um, so, so we had uh, we have decent recent uh, success against them. But if you look at Houston's roster, Houston's roster has such a has had such an overturn rate in the past three seasons. Uh, that essentially none of the players that play for them now have ever played against NYCFC. Um, and on top of that... <coughs> we haven't sorry. played them since COVID. We haven't played them since Bless 19. You. Since before, since before COVID. Since before COVID there, we haven't played there's them. only two active players on the NYCFC roster that have played against Houston. And that is Keaton Parks and Maxime Cheneau. Maxime Cheneau will not be there because he's on international duty. So Keaton Parks is the only player eligible to play this weekend that has ever played against Houston. Um, and it just so happens that when he did that one game he played against Houston, he played pretty freaking well. 93% pass completion, 100, 100 out of 108 passes. He created four chances. He got an assist on Tati's goal, four, one of them. Four created chances, one big chance created, three total shots, two big chances missed. Um, he, he balled out against Houston um, in that last game at Yankee Stadium. Well, one, one assist, am I, am, I, am I wrong or am I correct? I, uh, I do not know. Um, I know that he got a 7.7 .7 on FOTMOB. Um, in the, in that match, I do not know if he had an. I, I didn't. I, it didn't say that he had an assist. Um, he did have an assist. And Sands Sands was on. Sands was on the roster um, during that game, but he didn't play. He was an unused sub in nineteen at Yankee Stadium. Um, so I mean, there's not a lot of mutual knowledge of of each other in terms of Houston and NYCFC. Like I said, none of the players on Houston have, uh, were, were on the team in nineteen, um, and uh, and only two only one player active player has played against them so this is very much going to be a, a a game where we don't really know it's hard to predict we don't really know what what to expect um the only thing we can expect is that is going away we, we have we genu genuinely have a hard time getting results um and it's gonna be hot as fuck it's gonna be hot as fuck uh we we do know that uh, the the new the we're new as hot as it as it could be the we're new, lucky that's where we're playing it right now yeah the new manager in houston is uh is ben olsen uh we we know him from uh, his days in uh, in DC United, um, Robonzo and uh, Keaton Parks did get the assist. He did, uh, yeah. Okay, so Keaton, on top, these goals. So yeah. Keaton has Sam an assist against Houston. That's that's good. Um, yeah. So we have Ben Olsen, who's a mutual enemy, and then um, the, the goalkeeper for for Houston, at least the starting goalkeeper as of right now. Um, many of you may may know him from uh, um, from um, us. Uh, from Tati scoring a header on him, and from Collins. Uh, <laughs> from Collins driving a PK in the back of the net uh, in the MLS Cup, 
none other than Mr. Steve Clark himself, who uh, Mr. Open three in MLS cups. Mr. Mr. Cocky little fuck, uh, laughing after he saved uh, Alfredo's PK, only to get embarrassed by um, by by Alexander Collins a couple kicks later. Uh, and Thomas Mack also fucking rolled his bitch ass. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so we have we have some shared uh, some shared people in terms of their current roster makeup and managers. Um, but other than that, I mean, I mean, I'm not over, well, I'm not overly impressed with their with their current roster. Um, and they they haven't been getting sign a brand new center back from and I can't pronounce the team name Mitchelland Mitchelland Man. What's the team in in the Super League in the in the, in the, the, the right Super League? But yeah, the guy's name is Eric Sviachenko. I think it's pronounced Mitchelland. 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 There you but go. Houston go. just signed a brand new center back. It was kind of rumored for the past week, but it was finally announced today. Do you think, you know, they would risk it and put in a brand new center back who I'm has... Not, I'm, not I'm not worried. I'm not worried. It's well, Houston. They, they might, but, but, anybody, but he hasn't even anybody. trained with the team. And, and I mean, if they're going to roll him out there, um, he doesn't have any chemistry with the other center back or the back line. Anyone, anyone Houston touches turns to shit immediately, so I'm not worried. I, I, it's possible that he might play. I, so I don't know how long he's been in training because Ledesma has been in training for at least three days, I think for NYCFC at least. Um, so I don't see him that, that well, well, we'll talk about him later, but, um, uh, but I mean, he's an American citizen. So that makes things easier. And I, I know, but like, uh, I, I, I don't know if you see him, uh, it's possible, but like, Houston's like been doing like pretty well so far this season, have they not? Like, aren't they like? No, but didn't they just get their first? Didn't they just get their first positive result against Austin this last weekend? Beat Austin two 0 last week. That was their first positive result, though, right? Yeah. What's their what happens then? Their current form is one win, two losses, and zero ties. Their first match against Cincinnati, they lost away two one. Their second match, they lost to New England away three nil, and their third match, they lost, they won, excuse me, against Austin at home two nil. Never mind, that motherfucker's playing. They're trash. So yeah, he'll probably play. Yeah, they if, got, if he if he's good. they got stomped by New England. New England's not really they're not really very good. Yeah, but the, I'm just saying that this new guy, if he's already with the team and he's trained for at least two days, yeah, he'll probably be there. So then that brings into the conversation. Any one day's touch goes to shit immediately. I mean, to a point. I mean, they they have a few products, but then they go on to be shit. I mean, you look at it from our perspective, then do we then take that as an advantage to, you know, if we go up two, three goals, do we then put in Richie for, which I know we'll get into later, but do we have the potential to, you know, jiggle our lineup a bit and test things around if we go up early against these guys? I would say so. I think I think Possibly. because I think because Ilanich and Chano are gone with uh, on uh, international duty. I think you're going to be seeing some experimentation from from the opening whistle. Personally, I mean, uh, well, I mean, you know, because because even, even though like we can kind of figure out what's going on with Ilanich, you know, like we we already know who's going to replace him. Whoever replaces. Great. Uh, yeah, obviously, but like whoever plays Chanel, that's the wild card right there. Because well, either Alfaro or Owusu. You look at you look at who they have at their at their starting nine, isn't it? Isn't it Corey Baird? Isn't that their starting nine in Houston? I actually have no idea. 
Houston against Austin lined up with Corey Bird, um, Amine Bassi, and Ivan Franco up top. Yeah, so Corey Baird is their is their nine. Like like, and he's been, he's like an MLSer. Like he's I don't even know if he's been with him. Didn't he play for Real Salt Lake too? And for Salt Lake and LAFC. Yeah. However, controlling the midfield for Houston is Artur, formerly of Columbus Crew, yeah. who has you know in combination with Lucas Zelarian, fucked our team sometimes. And, and also they have and, and, the washed, and the washed Mexican Herrera. Yeah, they have Frank Pace himself, who I can't fucking stand. I, 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 I oh, oh, he's one of my least favorite players in the world. Like, like legitimately. Hector Herrera. Hector Herrera is one of my least favorite players in the world. He's, uh, he's up there with Diego Costa. Well, they also have the Australian as well, Brad Smith. Who's not? Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Who's another MLS journeyman? Played for the Sounders for a while. You, you know, you know what their team sounds like. What? A whole, a whole bunch of casuals and nobodies, man. A whole bunch of casuals and nobodies so, so that are on the their thing. way to another last place finish. So here's the thing. On paper, this seems like a team that like we can beat because a lot of it is like, you know, either guys who are washed up or guys who are MLS journeymen, hardly, you know, highly touted, you know, top talents, you know, like, like uh, you know, Corey Baird has never been a clinical goal scorer in his life. Uh, but then again, he's mostly a, a winger. So, you know, you know, I have to be fair to Corey Baird. Um uh, I, I believe uh, I believe their striker right now is Sebastian Ferreira. I believe that's who he is. Um, and uh, I don't know if he's healthy or not, but he's always been solid, so he's he, he's dangerous. And I don't think we've we haven't faced him yet, so he's going to be something new. And also, uh, he's a very formidable striker to be going up against. You know, if uh, um, you know, w- without Chano and I think and- I think his name is Carlos Ferreira. Oh, Carlos Ferreira. I thought it was Sebastian Ferreira. No, it's, it's Sebastian. I mean, and then Dallas has Jesus Ferreira. Yeah, confusing. Oh, it's, <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's Sebastian Ferreira. I think he's a Paraguayan striker, well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so I just googled him. His name is Carlos, Carlos Sebastian Ferreira Vidal. Apparently, he goes by Sebastian Ferreira. So you're both right. <laughs> yeah, so okay, we're both yeah. right. Just <laughs> for <laughs> credit. All right, so uh, w- w- let's go around and, uh, and and each give opinions on what we think the starting 11 for NYCFC is going to be as we line up against Houston tomorrow in Houston. Let's start with Sam, the, the special guest. Sam, let's let's get you off the bat. I think we're sticking with uh, Huicho Barraza in goal. He's been consistent for us the past two matches. You know, he's led in a few goals, but... He's also made some really, really good saves. I think we're sticking with Huicho. In terms of the back four, I think we could see a few things. One of a few things. We could see the first instance of Cushing Ball with attempting three at the back with James Sands playing as a center back. Mm, that's interesting. We could, and, and Hack as the number six, mm. shifting out. We could see Sands just completely shifting into the center back role and Hack coming into the midfield because Cushing likes Justin Hack. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think in terms of, of center back, there's a potential we may see a, an appearance of Tony Alfaro, but he hasn't gotten any minutes, so I think it would be in a substitute role. But also, we could see Andres Jason in a center back role. I don't think there's going to be someone who hasn't had game time playing 
center back because that's a position that needs to be held down for us. No, especially no way. You said Jason at center back. No way. I said Jason. I meant Gray. I meant Gray. I meant Tavon Gray. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how high are you? How high are you? Next to each other. I'm looking at next to each other. My apologies for that. No, no you're, you're good. good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> apologize. So I think we could score a center back. Let's move on. I made the mistake. I did the flub. It's okay. But also, we also haven't really seen Alfredo Morales this season. So he could always float into this option. We've seen him play center back, not to the best. But again, we could start playing Cushing Ball with um, with uh, Tiago Martins and James Sands at the back with Alfredo Morales in front of them as a number six or just in half. I was going to say that, yeah. If you move James Sands to that center back, that kind of opens the door for Alfredo to come in and play that six in front of in front of the center backs. Exactly. I think, I think you know, Keaton Parks, I mean, Joe read out his statistics previously against Houston. He scored at home, um, and he's been a very, very dominant, controlling uh, figure in in our midfield for the past couple seasons, and he's continued that the first few ma- the first few matches this season. We're definitely going to see Santi in there, um, and anyone who scored a goal last last game. So Santi, Tales, possibly Tiago, but I think anyone who scored is going to be extra rejuvenated and want to and and re-energized and really want to get out there again. Um, in terms of a front. I think we're probably going to see Talis again at striker. We're probably going to see Pellegrini again. Cushing seems to have a have a have a partial for Pellegrini, but I'm sure Thiago probably fought a lot in training this this week and is pushing for a starter position. He's had appearances off the bench. He's done good. He's pressed, and he finally got his goal. Yes, it was against DC. He usually scores against DC, but he'll be reinvigorated with that goal and re-energized to have a push for the starting eleven. Um, and then in terms of if we start dominating the game in Houston, I mean, knock on wood, but I think we could see an initial appearance of Richie Ledzema or even some more Academy products. We really haven't seen Samuel Lawusu or Kwaku as he's, as he's known by colloquially. So if we need a center back, he's someone who's captained our, or not captained, I mean, Nico Ben Alcazar has captained our two team, but um, someone who's been a leader of our two team and an Academy product who we sign with the intention of, you know, possibly putting into that starting role eventually, we could see the appearance of Samuel Lewusu. Yeah. Davi, what do you what's your starting eleven looking like? I think, I think you go with the hot handed goal, Luis Barraza. I think that's a I uh, yeah, I, I just think he's he's the bona fide starter. I think he's number one. I think the it's honestly his job to lose now. I I, I think he's he's done pretty good in goal for for the for the opening four games of the season. I I I think that's a nail in the coffin for Matt Freeze. I think Matt Freeze is just going to be uh, a backup, just going to play play the open cup games and stuff. Um, good backup to have in case you know you know the the worst like you know worst things happen. You know like the worst thing happens. You know Barraza goes down with an injury. We do have Matt Freeze as a backup, but I'm going to go with uh, Barraza in goal. I think that's a uh, I think that's that's clear cut number one at this point. Um, I think if Cushing didn't like Barraza, I think he probably would have put in Matt Freeze in one of the last two games at at home. Um, so I think that's uh, he's number one. So Barraza, that's going to be untouched. Uh, I think I think we'll probably stick with the back four. I'm going to go Kufre at left back. 
I don't I don't see O'Toole coming in back as a left back. Um, uh, it's going to be Kufre. That's Kufre's spot to lose now. Kufre at left back. He had a decent game last uh, last week. Had his first uh, goal contribution for the club with an assist to Talos Magno. For, um, that was bullshitly called offside at first. I don't know what the fuck the refs are smoking, but they got the decision right in the end. Uh, center back. Now this is this is a tricky one because you could go you can go Alfaro, you can go Wusu, you can go James Sands, um, or Tavon Gray, or or as Sam mentioned that if you want to be funky, you can you can roll Andres Jason in there if you want if you want. <laughs> I mean he dude has no position on the team, so might as well play him at center back, right? <laughs> if you, I mean if we want to draw fouls and if we want to just have possession of the ball, Andres Jason <laughs> is our man. He, we could put him anywhere. He's played as a as a wing back. He's played as a forward. He's played as a midfield as a midfielder. The only things he hasn't done that we've seen is him standing in goal. But he's also like five eight five nine, and we haven't seen him play center back. He's basically been all over the pitch. Whenever there's a sub who's tired and we just need legs and someone to get fouled, Andres Jason is there. He could play anywhere. Five has no position whatsoever. Five eight five nine is being very generous for Andres Jason. <laughs> Like never, Jason. I'm 5'7". Five, five, <laughs> and, and, and I see Andres Jason. So I'm gonna. I, th- I think at left center back. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go out and go out on the limb here. I feel like Alfaro. I feel like Alfaro's gonna come in. I feel like I'll, he's gonna give Alfaro a shot. As much as I don't want that to happen, I, I, I think Alfaro's gonna come and play left center back and have a. I'll, I'll say it right now. I think you have an absolutely atrocious game. At left center back, I have I haven't heard positive news from DC or Seattle fans about Alfaro. Alfaro's been a pretty below average uh, center back in MLS um, ever since he came into the league with Seattle Sounders, I believe. Captain one game for DC United and then got subbed off in that same game. So, and if you if you know anything about the league, if you're following the league for any extensive period of time, you know that. Uh, as of as of late, DC has not been a good team at all. So, I mean, to be a captain of DC and then get subbed off the next game, you, you you must have been fucking horrible that game. So, I have no no positives to say about Tony Alfaro. Even though I, I will be rooting for him, but I I don't I I just don't see him having a good game if he does come in at left center back and then a right center back is a no brainer. Obviously, Tackle Martins, um, arguably our best center back at the club at the moment. Um, and then right back, you go Tavon Gray. I mean, he started last game, which was a surprise to all of us because we all expected Alenich to come back into the into the eleven after starting the last two games before last week. So it, uh, obviously now with Alenich gone in Slovenia, uh, playing for the U twenties, I believe, or U twenty ones. U nineteen. U nineteen. Yeah, good, yeah. Congratulations to uh, Micha Alenich. You know, eighteen years old, living the dream, already having the Edgar the Edgar cut and going blonde. You know, these. These Latino players are going to ruin him here, man. I'm telling you. Um, I mean, uh, on that, he, he is good friends with Tavon Gray. Even yeah. though he's competing with the position for him, they are close. They are friends. But I also think on in terms of a, of a right back, um, Tavon, like, I think playing in the Bronx and playing at Yankee Stadium, Tavon Gray has a bit of an up. He plays in front of his family. It's literally his home. I think his backyard. It's literally his backyard. Alinich has a great opportunity to prove himself on the road, but you know Tavon Gray proved himself has already proven himself in the playoffs in 2021. He drew the foul that led to the Tati goal in the finals. 
And an assist to, to Santiago Rodriguez in the third minute in New England. Exactly. He's a player who's proven himself, and playing at home in front of your family definitely helps with that. I think Tavon Gray gets the nod, especially at home when he's not injured. I mean, he was he was on injury protocol the previous game, but he I think overall he's he fits better into our squad, and Alinich has more to prove. Not only that, Alinich is also young. I think he's he's only just recently turned eighteen in December, um, so. Uh, obviously, that's that's the back four sorted. Uh, the three in midfield, is it? Is it three? No, I think it's uh, the two sixes. I don't know. I don't know what we play anymore. Six, I mean, eight, six, 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 eight, ten. Six, eight, ten. So, all right, so it's a three midfield, right? Three midfield formation. Technically, yeah. Two, right. one, one, six, one, eight, and one kind of ten. Okay. All right. So, uh, Sands six, no brainer. Uh, the eight Keaton, no brainer. The tenth Santi, no brainer. Easy midfield stays the same, and then up front, uh, I, I think you go Mati. I think you keep going with Mati. I just, I just think Cushing, Cushing likes him. Uh, obviously he didn't, uh, he didn't play Tiago for for the home opener. We didn't see him off the bench. Um, Chicago, we didn't see him at all either. Um, that was the game. That was uh, Santi's first game back. Uh, with the club, you know, coming off the bench for a few minutes in Chicago. Uh, Monty played the 10, and then we, we saw Jason at the left in Chicago. So I, I just think we're going to go keep going with Monty. Monty's been, Monty's been pretty good at the, on the left-hand side. I mean, I mean, yeah, sure, it is at Yankee Stadium. It is a slightly smaller pitch, which is legal, by the way. So um, I, I, I think we're going to keep going with Monty on the left. Uh, GP on the right, who's who's been invisible the last... Two two games at home, which is kind of a surprise for us, because everybody everybody's talking about Talis Magno, Talis Magno, Talis Magno. This Talis Magno that he's going to score here. He's going to. I mean, he hasn't really started scoring until last game, and every, everybody in the NYCFC community knew that. Uh, you know, if 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 Talis isn't the man, it's going to be Gabriel Pereira. So I think it's a kind of kind of came as kind of took us back. Um, you know, to see GP kind of be invisible the last two games. Even though he did have a nice assist to Santiago Rodriguez's uh, last goal with the with the nicer little Travella, um, I, I think yeah, I think GPs do a do a good game here, and I think why not why not on the road against Houston against a team that's not really good. I think uh, I'm sorry, Houston fans, if you're listening to this, I, th- I think you're going to finish bottom of the West. Uh, I'm sorry, you're just any anything you do just goes to shit immediately. Um, so I, I think I think we'll see GP on the right and then Talis Magno at striker because. Yet again, here it comes again. We don't have a fucking striker. Holy fuck! It is not that hard to sign a striker. Come on now, you you you've you've had you've had what like no whole all of the, all of the winter, all the winter's gone by, and you still don't have a fucking striker. Come on now, come on, please just sign a fucking striker, man. I'm so I'm just desperate for a striker. I know Talis Magno scored. I know. I know, right. but uh, seriously, take, take, shut up, shut up, Christian. Let me speak. Let me speak. Let me speak. Oh. Let me speak. Let me speak. Let me speak. Oh. Let me speak. Let me speak. Okay. Let me speak. If we sign a striker, things are getting spicy. <laughs> we'll be bare. We'll be like damn near unstoppable. If we get a fucking striker, that's just half clinical. Is it time for my projection yet? <laughs> sure, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I just yeah, I just finished it. There, 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 there it is. There's a there's the every episode. Davi begs for a striker. Just okay, so. go. I've got two things to start this thing off. One, this is a genuine question. Has Gabby Pereira ever scored at Yankee Stadium? 
Well, in, in cy- yes. Encyclopedia San Jose Earthquakes. <laughs> yes, yes. Second game. What? His second game for the club he scored. Uh, it was against San Jose Earthquakes. He came off the bench and he had that nice curler. Is that the only one he's ever scored at Yankee Stadium? I know he scored a few at City. I know he scores a lot on the road. I, I believe so. Yeah, I don't. he's only scored one goal at Yankee Stadium. For some reason, Gabby Pereira is a great player everywhere else except Yankee Stadium. Was that Screamer from outside the box? Was that a Red Bull Arena? Um, the, the right no, screamer. I think was since the away. The right-footed Screamer. Two. No, that, that was, was Chicago, on the road. Chicago away. Yeah, that was Chicago. And then he okay. scored a Screamer before that uh, at uh, Cincinnati. He's since the away. Against New England at Yankee Stadium. Okay, he did oh, score. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that one that that he like juked like two defenders and made them look. Foolish. Yeah, that's right. okay, I remember that goal. Yep, uh, I was right there. Are I was you, there. That day. Are you insinuating that there's a curse of the and San Jose and San Jose and and uh, yeah, San Jose and yeah. Uh, was that San Jose so game? Scored... Was that the five nil game or the six nil game? Against no, it was three three nil. Three nil. No, that was RSL. We we beat six nil. Oh, okay. Um. Okay. So and also. Easy to sign a striker. Yeah, okay. It's sure. We'll go with that. We need one, man. Come on. We just we just signed another winger slash midfielder. Listen, hold up. Hold Where, up. Where's the striker? Where's the striker? Out. Hold up. We just found out that last year after Tati left, that you just that you can't just plug in anybody at the striker position and think everything's gonna go all hunky dory. Abar scored how many goals? Twelve in twenty nineteen before he got hurt in twenty twenty? Hmm. And what uh, and, and what happened with that? Proven goal scorer, proven threat for MLS. What happened with that? Disappeared. He's gone. Anyway, so, so I mean, just finding just a guy who can score goals isn't enough. You need to have a very specific skill set in order to fit into the quote-unquote city way. It's not just you can recruit any fucking guy off the street who would have done that already. But you need a specific Tati-like striker who has a high work rate and is, isn't always going to be in the position to score the goals. Is also going to facilitate the wingers as well because we play inverted wingers. Okay, anyway, going on to my go- going on to my line of prediction, I'm just going to spare the suspense. Uh, Barraza and Matt, it's, uh, he's the starter now. Uh, sorry, Matt Freeze, I was rooting for you, but I, I think it's done. For- I-, I think you're done. Uh, you can shake your head at me all you want, Joe. It ain't happening. It's a competition. <laughs> um, We're four fucking games in. Matt Freeze hasn't got his fucking opportunity yet. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, it's we're four games in, and Matt Freeze hasn't sniffed it's the field. It's four so games it's- out of 30 something. Four. Goalkeeper is not a position that you're going to be rotating. It's just not. But Matt Freeze has are... to get his chance. He has to get a chance. Give him a chance. Well, he's got to wait until the U.S. Open Cup to get that chance. He ain't going to get it in the MLS regular season. I can tell you that much. I can promise you that. Unless Barraza goes down, Freeze is not going to see an MLS minute. No, because yeah, because, because you you guys treat you guys you guys treat Barraza with kid gloves, and anytime he gets scored on, you're like, oh, it's the defense. Oh, it wasn't his fault. If the ball goes in the net, it's the goalkeeper's fault. Time out. I resent that because who did I name to be my starter day one? Barraza freeze. was not my number one going into the season. It was, it was both of you, it was Freeze. I said Freeze. Yeah. Freeze was my guy after he stopped the Douglas Costa penalty and after the LA Galaxy preseason game. That he was my guy. I was like, I don't want to see Barraza. I said Barraza's season's over, quote unquote, on this podcast. But unfortunately, well, or fortunately, that depending was, on how you see it, Barraza that was, that was the game. Barraza that was the game where I switched my. My, my, my. So that, that was the game that I sw- Oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You you go, you go, you no, go. I'll I'll go. go. No, you let me sp- fuck you too, I'll go. 
<laughs> Barraza has only conceded three goals in four games. He's conceded less than one goal per game. I know, but if you look at the two goals he conceded against East no, United, no, 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 I, no, no, I, I consumed no, no, no. a lot of NYCC Wait, podcast content, and they're all like, oh, it wasn't Barraza's fault. The go- the corner kick that we conceded, Barraza needed to come out and do fucking something. I know that I know Keaton got big boyed and got knocked down to the ground and did a fucking half-flip semi- okay. somersault. Okay. Okay. This, is, this is a pointless argument because... Uh, uh, he's starting tomorrow. Uh, or that, that's what's happening. He's starting on Saturday, so well, it's a pointless conversation. Like but, I said. but what if he doesn't? But, but anyway, so <laughs> for the outfield, I think I think the like, on, the only the only time Freeze will see MLS minutes is if it's just a game we we can afford to throw away. Honestly, okay, so here, here's the thing. So as for the outfield, there's two ways that you can go. You can go with the four back, which but I I I, I don't. I'm not sure how I feel about it because Tavon Gray's at right back. He's pretty much a proven commodity. We know what we're going to get with Tavon. Tiago Martins is going to start at the right center back. Left center back position, Chanel's gone for international duty, like we already talked about. So that leaves you with very limited options. That leaves you with uh, Tony Alfaro or Samuel Owusu, and that's it. Um, like, There's no one else who can slot into that left center back position in the back four. I mean, maybe... Maybe you try to fit a square peg into a round hole by throwing Alfredo or James Sands in there, but Nick Cushing has already talked about how he does not rate uh, Sands as a center back in the back four. He does not want to see him there. He wants to see Sands at the six. However, due to extenuating circumstances, we'll throw his name in the hat just for argument's sake. I don't think you see it, in, at least in a four-back pairing. If, if you go four-back pairing, I have to say... I know nothing about him, but Tony Alfaro is going to do it. Outside of the fact that he was starting in that 6-0 game that we played against them a few years ago, he was starting in that game. So, yeah, there you go. There's a there's a sign of things to come. Left back, um, I still think he's firmly mid, but Kufre is probably going to start because, yeah, we can talk about the assist. He missed two other passes, easy passes that week, too. I still don't see him as an obvious upgrade over either O'Toole or Amundsen. I still think he's okay but i'm also trying to remind myself that he's a brand new player in a brand new country and a brand new team and a brand new system i'm not going to say brand new language because almost everybody on this team speaks spanish let's that's, just face that's it some, that's something you weren't willing to will, weren't willing to accept week one but okay uh, yeah it, it, and still not something i'm quite willing to accept now because he was playing for mallorca who's not exactly lighting the world on fire in la liga they're actually like relegation candidates so it's not like he came from like a very good team but anyway uh Going into the midfield, if you're going with the back four, Sands the six because facts only. Keen Parks the eight. Five only. Santi Rodriguez. Uh, is it before halftime? We have USA goal. No, second half. It's Christian Pulisic. Oh, Christian Pulisic. Okay. So they didn't get to five before half. No. Well, there was no. Five, it was four. There, there, was, there, was, five, one. there was five goals scored though. There was five. There was five goals. There was five goals. Give you that. We'll give you that. Sam shaking his head no. ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジル、ブラジ
who else do we have on a team who's providing the same kind of intangibles off the bench like Tiago is? You do not want to look, if you're an opposing team, you do not want to look in the 80th minute or the 75th minute to the byline after a hot day in Houston and see a player like Tiago who's ready to go and fresh and hydrated and everything. That, but like, like He's going to be a super sub in this game, and I think he's going to have an impact in this game off the bench. So Mati gets to start at left wing, and Talos is going to get to start at striker after arguably his best game of the season. Hopefully the goal scoring continues, uh, but you know we know that he's not, uh, you know, a thoroughbred nine. So we'll know now. Also, like Sam said, I can totally see this given the absence of Maxime Chanel. I wouldn't have predicted this otherwise, but we could see the three four three Cushing ball, uh, in which you see Thiago Martins at uh, at right center back, James Sands in the middle as your sweeper. And Tony Alfaro, who might be the most underwhelming center back of, of the three, but he's got James Sands and Tiago Martins there to keep him company and hold his hand through it. So I can see him being successful in that role. Uh, left wing back, Kufre, right wing back, uh, Tavon, even though he probably takes more of a defensive role because even though he has had, he has had offensive statistics in the past, he's mostly a defense first fullback. So he'll probably be using that capacity. Then in your midfield, you got Alfredo Morales coming in after a few cameos and ready to give you at least 70 minutes. And then, unfortunately, we'll probably have to see Hack after that. Keaton Parks next to him. And the front three, Santi, Talis, and Gabby. So, uh, yeah, two possible outcomes. But those are the two I like. Um, as far like, like, I was trying to avoid throwing Sand into the center back role, but... Sands is very good as a as a, as a center back in the back three as the center center back in a back three because he pretty much plays it like a sweeper. He pretty much like he he has the freedom to do whatever he wants. So I can see us doing that. Um, and like I said, I think Matias Pellegrini has been trending in the right direction as far as his performance is concerned. He starts, and you need a player like Tiago who's ready to come off the bench because even though I like Tiago, I think he's good enough to start on this team. He's like he's kind of that in in that Ishmael to Jury Shradi role where we don't have anybody else who has his kind of athleticism or his intangibles, his pace. Um, you know, like we don't have anybody like that who can come off the bench late in the game and make a difference. So I would I would I would also like to say that tomorrow the highest temperature uh, in Houston would be eighty three degrees. Not so it's still not, be very high. not a, a kickoff. You have to remember kickoffs at eight thirty, seven thirty, or whatever at night. Six one, six one, Ricardo Pepe. Hey, Captain America. Anyway, uh, so yeah, no. So I finish. This, this is ending ten one. I'm calling it right now, lads. This is ending ten one. So Joe, what do you think? What do I think? How do you feel? I got Barraza, yes. I got Barraza in net, not because I want him there, but because I think he's going to be there. Um, you fought with me over that, all that, and just to put Barraza in, you're starting 11, you dickhead. Well, I, I mean, I think that Matt Freeze deserves a, a chance, an opportunity to show what he can do. I think Barraza just got the first chance. I think that he deserves a chance as well. It's called a goalkeeper battle for a reason. It's a battle. In order to battle, there has to be two sides. You have to have two two bodies of work to compare. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why the Flying Spaghetti Monster gave Joe gall, gallstones. This is why I was here. So I got Barraza in net. I got Tavon Grant right back, only because Atlantic is, is away on international duty. Otherwise, I think that Atlantic has proven himself more of an offensive threat. Gray is more of a defensive threat. If you look, if you look back at the uh, passing network for the last home match, Tavon Gray's pass average position is in, is firmly 
at the top of our own fucking 18-yard box. He doesn't get forward enough. He's good defensively, but he, 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 it makes it so that Gabi Pereira is on a fucking island by himself. He, he provides no overlapping threat whatsoever. So but I, I do think that Tavon's going to get the start in this game. Uh, Tiago Martin's at right center back. I do think we are going to see the first iteration of Tony Alfaro playing left center back. Uh, just because of him being left-footed and having MLS experience, I do not think this is a game where you throw Kwaku Owusu in there and say, here's your first 90 minutes as a professional. Let's see what you can do in Houston on a hot day, hot evening um, against uh, against a, a bunch of MLS experienced veterans. Um, so I do think that Tony gets to start. Um, I think we see Kufre at left back because I think that he has done enough to earn to earn his uh, to earn his left back spot over O'Toole and Amundsen. Uh, midfield three is going to stay unchanged. You got Sands at the six, Parks at the eight, Santi at the ten. You got Gabi at the right wing because there's nobody really contesting him for that spot. Um, you have Talis Magno at the nine um, because I mean that that seems to be where where Nick Cushing is 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 kind of going to hang his hat. That uh, whether for better or worse, uh, Talis Magno is going to play. The nine for the majority of the season, um, and begrudgingly, I'm choosing. Oh, we get a fucking striker. Begrudgingly, I'm choosing uh, Matias Pellegrini as the left winger. Um, I do not think I've seen enough quality from him in the in the past two matches to warrant him being an automatic selection at left wing. But I I do agree with Christian's uh, Christian's take that uh, Tiago Andrade serves better as a super sub, where um, his pace can run at tired legs. And he can create against uh, defenders who have been defending for 65-plus minutes. And now you have someone coming on fresh who can just run at you and uh, and, and maybe make you prone to mistakes. Um, so I do think that... Just an utter pace merchant. Yeah, so I, I do think that we see Pellegrini start. And uh, we see Tiago uh, uh, Andrade come on as a super sub. Um, it is my hope still that we see Nick Cushing use his substitutions... Uh, to the utmost of his ability, meaning using like four or five of them instead of uh, just continuously using like three of them like we're in MLS 2.0. Um, they changed the rules, Nick. You're allowed to use five. Um, and, we, and you're also allowed to carry 18 players. So they're there to, for your, at your disposal to take players off and put on fresh players who have not been running for fucking 65, 75, 85 minutes. And then, and then people ask why I want Nick pushing out. Just because... I think, I think- just because Ronnie was, was substitutionally challenged doesn't mean that you have to be substitutionally challenged. Um, so yeah, so that, that's the uh, that's the eleven I think that we roll out, um, and I, th- I think it's a strong enough eleven to, to go into Houston and at least come out with with a point. Um, I play devil's advocate with all of you got with all of our opinions about Tiago. For sure, Houston is a very hot, very humid climate. Some would say it's probably similar to what it's like in Brazil. Do you think we really have, uh, this could be a chance of really seeing, like, I know this term is used in other NYCFC podcasts, but the Yoga Bonito, that that style of, of Brazilian football, do you think we I could see that? I swear because... to God, Talos Magno better five-star skill somebody to the fucking hospital, break their ankles, and put that shit in top bins. So here's the thing, I actually originally, when I was drafting out my starting 11 before this, I actually had Tiago at the nine, and then Talos at, at the wing. And I was going to do that uh, be, with that in mind, with the weather in mind that they might be at home. But then, like, but you know, like I said before, I thought as much as I would love to see that, and as much as that is a viable option, like 
Tiago is just his skill set is just perfectly suited to just be that chaotic that that chaos merchant like late in the game and taking advantage of like tired legs and tired fucking Houston players who aren't that's that's how that's how he got his wonder goal against DC and a team that's not proven to be quality either like especially defensively like, like having him as like an option late in the game full strength full energy with like just like that full energy bar you know like and we've seen he could play on the right or the left i mean he's he's fighting for that spot on the left with 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 mati but he scored that wonder of a goal against dc from the right mm-hmm. so you know if if gabi pereira has another performance of you know hasn't scored a goal by the 65th minute we probably could see Gabi taken off again and Tiago put on earlier, see how he fares on the right or up top as a nine and let Talis drift off to and, the wing. And that's other that's another source of frustration that I have with Nick Cushing is that he is he is taking off Gabi first. Um with all of his with it with his attacking subs, he is continuously taking Gabi off. Uh, I don't know if that's an indi- I don't know if that's an indictment to his fitness levels or if he just genuinely thinks that that Gabi is is not the most important integral uh, player in the attack that he can take him off and he's disposable. Well, I would like to preface that by saying that Gabi missed a lot of our fucking preseason. Like I know, like it's been a while since then, but he was stuck in Brazil due to visa issues train- and he had to train Bahia. Yeah, but but he wasn't playing preseason matches with them. He played. He, he was just. He played one preseason match with us. He's not allowed to play preseason matches with them. He's not a part of their squad. He's not on trial with them or anything. He's not allowed. Yeah. He can the, probably the closest, train with the closest them. Thing, the closest thing he has to a match down in Brazil is probably scrimmages. And, but, but like, and even those, those are like inner squad scrimmages that are probably played with not as not at, not at full intensity, not at ninety minutes, surely. But like. So, and so they, that and they, also, and they and probably also, come at the end of the session too. And, and, and also, even, to be fair, he's got to come back to. He, he's got to stay healthy, so he's not going to go 100%. He doesn't want to come to New York injured, and possibly he is injured, and we don't know about it. Possibly he's nursing something that we don't know about, but then again, his performances haven't been that great. So was, it's, it's like yeah. falling off a double-edged sword. Sam, are, yeah, no, are, so, so, are you accusing NYCFC of not disclosing injuries? That would not be the first time, uh, right? Oh, no. Oh, uh, talk talk shit about the club that I love and, and think that they do things behind our back without telling the fans. Will I ever suspect the club that I love of doing? Hey, that's that, that's like a, that's like porn to me. It's, it's, it's like a discovery thing. I don't know. Did, did, Has that ever happened before? Can the audio viewers hear, hear the sarcasm in my voice? Yeah. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Gabby, I love Gabby. I put him on the back of my kit for a reason. I got 38 because I thought it was, it's tattoo. I, it's a recurring joke on this podcast. It's tattooed on his fucking leg. I thought, this motherfucker's not changing his number. It's, it's literally inked into his skin. The motherfucker mm-hmm. changes his number a day after I got the fucking kit. Anyway, yeah, he, I, he I said, love Gabby. But Sam he wanted to ruin your out. jersey intentionally, Christian. But wait, but wait, Sam pointed something out. Out of the two players who have been in the 11, the starting 11 for the past two weeks, who consistently has been the underperformer in it? I hate to say this, but it's been Gabby. Yeah, it, 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 he, uh, he he has not performed well. So I'm not a, I am not in our. I'm not going to argue with taking off a player who's performing. Yeah, poorly. in fact, me, me, uh, when me and Joe met up at the stadium uh, during the home opener, we actually spoke about that at halftime as well. He's like, Gabby's just looked invisible ever since he had the two hands hey, cut on his left foot. Do we think that Gabby's lack of good performances is directly correlated to, at least this last game, to Tavon Gray being his right-back partner? 
Yes. No. And... no. I don't no, think, so. think so. No, I, I think, think I think, I think it's just him being shamefully left-footed. He played with them all last year. That didn't affect his performances last year. I, I'm going to take time. something. I, out of I, think Tavon, uh, I think Tavon Gray is a, is a deterrent to our attack. No, but here's the thing. He performed just fine. He was probably one of our best players last year while playing with Tavon Gray. What, like 90% of the time? Center home was hurt for most of last year. But, uh, I'm going to take something out of Coach Joe's book, and I'm going to say it's just he's painfully left footed, and he's now become too predictable. I think everybody's. Hold up, but just being one footed is not a fucking recipe for disaster all the time if you have the quality to make up for it. Tati's one footed. Tati does not use his left foot. But Tati plays a central position. And he plays in the middle of the park. But there's plenty of wingers in the world who are very, very, very good who are one-footed. Does fucking you know Angel Di Maria mean anything to you? Does Arjen Robin mean anything to you? These are not two-footed players. Gareth Bale is not a two-footed player. You know, Lionel yeah. Messi himself. But, the, Messi but these himself. The, the players you're talking about are world-class players who play for their national team. Gabi Gabi Pereira is not even sniffing the Brazilian national team right now. He's not at that level. It's like, it's like what, like 21, 22 years old? Oh my god. All right. I mean, but is it, we also, we're also paying him the big bucks. Is he not a DP? No. It's, no, yeah, it's no Gabby's not a DP. Dallas? But even then, I mean, we, we kind of hyped him up, and he has the potential to move on. I mean, I would say this club is more of a stepping point in his career, and he's determined to stay in that starting 11. And I don't know. I, th- I think he's a staple in the 11, regardless of his performance. And I agree with all of your guys' sentiment of Tiago being the super sub. We've seen him do it in the past. And, yeah, he could play on either side of the wing. And we've seen him play up top recently in the last game. So that freedom of just playing in the front gives Talas the freedom to eventually drift to the wing where he's actually stronger before he truly develops into a striker, Tati style. So, so if he doesn't get traded, is that not the plan for the club to develop Talas Magno into a Tati style player? Uh, it, it possibly could be, uh, but the thing is, you know, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it could be, but like, see, the thing is, every single time I see it, the more I like Tiago at striker. Like, I think like he might, might even be like, I don't, th- I don't know if he's natural at it, but I, I feel like it suits him. I don't know because like he's not lethargic with the ball at his feet, but he's definitely not like as tight on the dribble as a player like Gabby or Talis is. He's not like a classic, like skilled, like winger, like that we've seen like in the club. And I do think playing at the nine could suit him. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing, and I'm very interested to see how this team does in the summer transfer market. Uh, and speaking of the uh, transfer market, Joe, what about the transfer market? Roberto Firmino, Bobby Firmino. That's mm-hmm. not happening. That's not happening. I can tell you right now. That's not happening. Why he showed interest in New York? I mean, I get that we're a city that we're a city club, and he's Liverpool, it's, but it's it's just against the FO's uh, like I guess their their way of like uh, running the club. They don't they don't believe in the big star. Like, I mean, they mean more like that David but, or like but, but, Andre. Yeah, but a player like that fitting in chemistry wise, our I mean, our identity has been Brazil for the last year. <laughs> you don't think? Getting a getting a, a striker who as, as in Argentina, I, do, I don't like that. <laughs> okay, well, well, put your. I know this is hard, but like from a from an unbiased critique of the game, like don't you think that having a, a much elder 
striker, someone that they could look up to the same way that James Sands was able to look up to uh, a semi-poor performing Andrea Pirlo to turn his game into what we see now. A pos- he's that a, a game that he'll possibly be captain of the damn squad on on Saturday tomorrow, which is a consideration that we haven't even talked about. Who's going to captain the team? Well, let's go. So, around, let's, let's go around right now and say, and say who we think is going to wear the armband this, this, on tomorrow. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with Sam. I think it's going to be Sands. Um, I think it's either going to be Sam's, but I also wouldn't put it past Nick to put it on somebody like Alfredo, even if I don't agree with that, because he has mentioned Alfredo extensively in Captain Talks, like as part of the leadership group. I don't know how you get. I like Alfredo. I don't see him but, as a but leader. If, but, if he, but if he says Alfredo, does that mean we play James Sands at center back and Alfredo comes in as that at that six? I don't six? think it has anything to do with their positioning, but like like we're talking about captain's armband. I, like like I, I I I just like. I, I agree with you guys that it should be Jimmy, but uh, I, I don't know why Nick would do this, but I could. he's probably going to put it on Alfredo. He might put it on Alfredo. It's a possibility. I don't agree with that because I don't look at this team and say that Alfredo stands out as a leader on this team. I think he also mentioned Parks, and I'm just like, well, that's definitely not true either. But what about um, what about Martins? Martins said he wanted to be a leader this year in the locker I mean, room. I mean, maybe Martins, due to his age and having the amount of Brazilians that we have on our team, especially in our starting 11, uh, I, I do think that that's possible, but once again, he's only been here for, like, what, like, a year? So, I mean, a it's like... Of, a cup of tea. He's been here for a cup of tea. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. But then again, like, tenure doesn't always equal, like, captaincy. Like, like I mean, had he still been on the team, Ronald Matarito would be, like, the longest tenured player on our team, and I would fucking shoot myself before I'd give him a captain's armband. So, I mean, I mean like... But, but Mateus DeLitt, a 19-years-old captain, Ajax, a Champions League semifinal. Yeah, but maybe because he has an actual leader. He, he, he's more of a James Sands character, someone who came through their their youth development. I mean, he wasn't loaned out to 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 he wasn't loaned out to Juve before he was made captain of his squad. He came in, he was a starter from the age of what, 17, played for a season and a half, then cemented himself as a true leader of the club. I mean, yeah. James Sands, he just got back from his loan. That's the one thing that's holding me back from truly saying 100% it is going to be James Sands is the fact that, yeah, he was out on loan at Rangers, but he was still playing for that team for close to a year and a half. So, yes, he's integrated back into the squad. He knows how the squad plays, but it's still a much different squad than when he left it. To that point, though, to that point, and I just want to be like really brief here, he did have the options to stay in Europe. He could have gone to Standard Liège with Ronnie. Apparently, they were suitors. He did have offers from other teams in Europe that it, that he could better teams than Ran- than Rangers, mind you, because uh, the Scottish Premiership is fucking dog water. But um, and, you know, and like, better leagues. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So he did have his suitors, but he still stayed and signed a contract extension. I do think that counts too. I do think that has to be weighed too. So I I, I agree though. I, I I think I think Sands is a good. It's a good pick. Yeah, but you have to realize that the the history of NYCFC captaincy hasn't always been the, the the pick that like that the fans necessarily would think because obviously Sean Johnson wasn't wasn't someone that we thought was going to be an automatic selection as the heir after Alex Alex Ring departed. Um, Everyone thought it would be Chanel, and and even Chanel is not someone who I think is should like is a really a, would have been a contender for the captainship. And a player who never wore the armband, who I think really deserved to wear the armband, is, was Anton Tinnerholm. Yeah, I would have agreed with Tinnerholm, but Chanel does have leadership qualities, and he has been on this team for a long time. Players do respect him. 
I, I didn't have any problem with Chanel getting the armband. He was the natural, so I thought it was going to be a formality after Sean left that he was going to be named captain. I didn't know that they were going to go with this captaincy by committee thing. Any, but anyway, like, I mean, yeah. That, that, that's, so who's your, who's, who's your bona fide selection for captain for tomorrow? Uh, Sands. Sands? Okay, so you went with Sands. Yeah. Uh, Davi, did you go with Sands? Sands, yep. Sam, what'd you go with? I'm not, I'm not 100%, but I'm going to say I'm gonna say Sands. Okay. I think it should be Sands. It should be Sands. But I honestly, and, and this hurts me because I do not think that he deserves to wear the fucking armband, but I think that it's going to go to Tiago uh, Martins. Just because he's the only other person I've seen wear the armband during the this during this preseason when Chanel was on the is, is, is there is there an outside shot that we see Barraza with the with the armband? No, no. I just wanted to no. throw that out there. I'll throw no, up, I'll throw up everywhere. He, he, I will project out above. The, he's too new to the first team, but I mean, I think Tiago Martins might be a logical choice because, like you said about the progression of who's been the captain of the squad, Alex Ring really wasn't my choice for captain. I didn't think he did the best job. But I wasn't. He wasn't my first choice when. The captaincy was assigned to him. Sean Johnson was okay, but in my opinion, I think Alexander Collins should have been the captain of the squad. I think he was much more vocal on the pitch. I think he was a much more productive player. Even though Sean played every minute, Collins was a much better player to hold it together. I mean, Sean did good. He captained us to a win, but Collins did that now. I mean, Chanel has been basically been the co-captain since since he since, since season 2016 three. essentially since season three yeah he joined the club halfway through season two right and then a season after that anytime dv7 was injured chano was the captain yeah so it's been yeah, a good so progression for him to be the captain yeah, it was going to be chano when david via left and then we got we, we traded ring away i'm like okay surely it'd be chanel no it'd be sean now now it's like everybody expected chanel well he is wearing the armband but n- n- no formal announcement yet so it's like a can- it's also interesting by because, committee but what's also interesting is is looking at chanel he didn't really play a lot last year our center back pairing was tiago martins and alexander collins chanel has a seniority on the team he has more playing time overall on the team but he wasn't he didn't Chanel wasn't integrated into the team until we got into a back three. It, well, even then, Sands was the one who was dropping back. Goal. Sands last year. Goal, 7-1. Oh, yeah, you're right. 7-1. Sorry, I was distracted by uh, by oh, USA, okay. who just scored some young kid. Who was that? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's Zendejas. Zendejas. Nice. He came up for pool. Like, yeah, Zendejas. He, he, he looks like Zendaya. I don't remember seeing him in Euphoria. All right, um, so, so we, we got... It seem like the one I've seen grabbing Tom Holland's ass. So... But, I mean, if you say it's... Then it's pause, in pause, bro, pause. So we got three of us pause, that think that it's going to be Sands, and, or half of me thinks it's going to be Sands, but I, I honestly do think it's going to be Tiago Martins uh, wearing the armband. Get to that news, Joe. Let's get to the news. What happened hold, today? Hold what on, the hold on, news no, hold on. Last, the last, the right last thing on Houston. Let's go around and let's state our predictions for the match. The result. Okay. What do we? Th- what do we think? Right now, sign stamp delivered. Uh, prediction for the result tomorrow in Houston. Let's start with Christian. 
Uh, I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna say three nil win. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I I like our chances here. I don't think Houston's a good team. I think we've got a real shot in the arm after a two game winning streak. And I think like like I think this game is even though also we're playing at the perfect time. You know, the late late March beats playing in Houston in the middle of fucking August. So I, I and I think this momentum's gonna carry, and I like it. I, it feels good. Uh, my goal scores are. Um, I'm gonna go on. This is gonna sound nuts now. This that this is gonna sound crazy at this point. So, um, my goal scores are Matias Pellegrini. Um, I'm gonna say Talis scores again, and getting his first ever career professional goal will be none other than Jimmy Sands on a set piece. I thought you would have said Tiago Martins there. Well, so what, what? I mean, from a set piece, you're, you're talking about like a free kick, right? Not a corner kick. Uh, a corner free free kick. Cause yeah, because I think I think for the most part on corner kicks, I think I think Jimmy jumps back to like midfield on corner kicks. From what I've been from, from what I've seen. Sorry to to burst your bubble, but James Sands has already scored his first professional goal. It was no, a goal. No, goal. It, it got classified as an own goal. They took it back. They took it away. Look it up. Look uh, it up. Look at it again. Wait, 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 I'm gonna look this up. James Sands. I could have sworn they took that goal away at Rangers. It, 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 they recorded it as an own goal. No. So this says that he hasn't scored one. James Sands, Footmob, and Google. Oh wow. Okay, so they gave it to him. Oh wait, was that was that uh, was that Europa League? Is that what that was? No, I think that was the cup. Nope. Scottish Doesn't matter. It's Scottish still a professional goal. Okay. His first MLS goal will be James Sands. There you go. I got corrected it. That league goal. That's a good one. League goal. Non cup non European competition goal. That's yeah. fair, that's fair. Because right. he scored first a penalty as well. as well. He scored a penalty in the, yeah. well, in the league cup. Yeah, against Pumas. It was a goal. It was a golazo of a penalty. Sam, what's your prediction for this weekend? Three one, that's all I'm gonna say. Three one? Us. And we win. Three one. Three one dub? Okay, Davi. It's gonna be it's gonna be an ugly game. It's gonna be ugly, but I'm I'm gonna say we're gonna win it. We're gonna win two one. It's not gonna be a pretty win. It's gonna be ugly. We're gonna grind it out, but on we'll, we'll come out on top. of I mean, el pibe, el pibe Mati. He's gonna he's gotta get his first goal at some point. Unlucky he didn't get it in the home opener. Uh, you know Santi was offside on that one. Uh, so unlucky for Mati. Nothing not much he could do there. So el pibe. Uh, Mati's gonna get his first goal, and then I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with another Talos Magno goal, or, or actually either one a Talos Magno or GP. I think GP's do a a good game. He hasn't been good in the past two games. I can I, the second goal will be either one of Talos or or uh, Gabi Pereira. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a two one win, and I'm gonna say Alfaro Alfaro gets the start and he fucks us over. He a horrible mistake, and. Uh, he, uh, a mistake of his leads to a goal, and, and I'm going to want him released after that. <laughs> All right. My prediction for the weekend is a 2-2 draw. And my goal scorers it's... for NYCFC are going to be Gabriel Pereira and Keaton Parks. And the reason why yeah. I choose Keaton Parks is because I, I know that most of you guys probably know this, but Keaton is a native Texan, so he's going to have a lot of family at the match. Um, From he, Frisco. He also has a baby on the way. 
Um, so we are all anxiously waiting his uh, goal celebration where he uh, takes the ball and puts it underneath his shirt. Um, so I do think that it is, uh, a, it's going to be a touching moment of him being back in his home state of Texas, um, getting a goal. And I do think that the goals that we concede are going to be to Ache Ache and Alfaro's fault, right? Alfaro's fault. And Artur. I think those are going to be the two guys that score for... Will, 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 will Alfaro be at fault for one of them or both? Uh, I'd say that Alfaro... One of two things is going to happen with Alfaro. He's either going to, he's either going to concede the PK... Um, or he is going to lose his man on a corner kick and get exposed and get and, and they're going to score on a, on a set piece with him not tracking his runner and not winning his area. I feel like I'm ripping on him too much for, for him not barely playing with us, but I, he just doesn't feel me up with confidence. I'm sorry, guys. What happened, Sam? I said leave him alone. Give him a chance. We don't know if he's alone yet. I'll, I'll, I'll try, but I mean, I'm going to be up. I'll, I'll try, but if he fucks up, I, I told you so. All right. All right. So before we get to the breaking news, one more thing. I wrote down my keys to the match. They are as follows. Score early. Okay? We, we do not play well on the road. If we can score early, we have a fighting chance at winning the match. Um, if The longer the game goes on, if they, if they go ahead, we do, we do not typically do well fighting from behind on the road. Um, so we have to score early. Second key to the match is winning the midfield battle. All right, it's going to be a very big battle between Santi, Sands, and Parks versus Ache Ache, Artur, and Luis Caicedo. All right, that's gonna be really fun. That's gonna be really fun to watch. Those are, those are two very formidable MLS midfields. I think it's gonna be fun to watch. If we can win that battle, we can win the game. But like I said in my preview, I think that Ache Ache and Artur both get goals. Um, so I don't think we're gonna do a great job at containing them. And then uh, the third thing is, is don't let Ache Ache cook. Don't let, don't let him cook. I, mean, I know that he's aging. He's a little bit older, but he does have, I, th- I believe, La Liga experience. And obviously, he's played at a, he's, he's been a starter for the... Played a, I think he played for Porto and Atletico Madrid. And he, so he has Champions League experience yeah. as well. So he, um, and he also, ha- he's, he, he's been a stall, stalwart on the, uh, on the Mexican national team for, for quite some time. Um, don't let him cook. Don't let, don't let him get hot. Don't let him get confidence. Um, don't let him start start dictating the match in the midfield. Um, so those are my three keys to the match. And now we can dive headfirst into the breaking news that got released at 12.30 this afternoon, Friday News Dump, which is the MO of New York City Football Club. What happened today, Christian? So... They officially announced Richard Ledesma has joined on loan throughout for the rest of the season from PSV Eindhoven in, in the era of Divisi. Uh, this has been a move that has been long in the making. Uh, this is a move, I think Tom Bogert alluded to this like two, midway through February when we were still in preseason. And, you know, it was pretty much running, you know, like neck and neck with the, uh, with the Santi news. So you know, like, it was, it, like, like you know, so Ledesma being linked to this team is not a new thing. It's it's been a thing for a while now. Um, so, but yeah, uh, and it's, uh, he's going to be on loan throughout the rest of the season. Uh, there is no option to buy because uh, one of the caveats of us getting him on rental this year is that he um, he had to sign a contract extension with PSV. So that was the terms and the conditions of him being allowed to leave on loan for game time. So obviously PSV rates him and sees him as a long-term piece in their 
in their in their organization. So obviously they rate him quite well. PSV is a very accomplished club in, in, in the Netherlands uh, with uh, you know both several Eredivisie league titles and some European experience, a lot of European experience as a matter of fact, to boot. Um, Ledesma is primarily uh, seen as an attacking midfielder, although he can play central midfield and the wing as well. And um, I'm sure that due to how we uh, how we operate, we'll experiment with him a lot. But yeah, that's pretty much the uh, that's pretty much the cr- the crux. Well, so what, what did we, what, what was the compensation? What what did we have to give up to get Richie Ledesma? So we had to trade with Real Salt Lake because. MLS rules are so fucking redundant and dumb that we had to give up general allocation money to Real Salt Lake and as well as a draft pick, I believe. Uh, one second, I can uh, I can get second. I, it's a, a matter of, second round MLS super draft pick. Yes, and uh, also <laughs> and also, um, you know. Uh, it, it this league is so weird that it's called an interleague loan from Real Salt Lake, despite the fact he's never played a senior minute with Real Salt Lake. He only played for Real Monarchs before leaving. Uh, but yeah, so we gave them fifty thousand dollars in general allocation money for this year, a second round MLS Super Draft pick next year, and Real Salt Lake will receive an additional fifty thousand uh, dollars of GAM in next year if certain if, if quote certain performance-based incentives are met. There is no option to buy at the end of the loan. So he is short-term. He's a rental for a season, uh, which is not the worst thing, but um, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the move. What but about you, Joe? If you look at it, though, so, we're, I mean, we're going to play him, right? He's going to play, and I'm assuming he's going to meet whatever stupid per- performance incentives that that are the, that stipulate in the contract of, of the loan. So you're looking at, we're, we're, we're going to be sending them 100K. So we're sending them 100K, plus we are giving them the equivalent of Kevin O'Toole for a a one-season lease of a player who, with no option to buy, so there's no chance he's staying past December 31st, 2023. He is gone. He is is back to Eindhoven, and and we're giving RSL the equivalent of Kevin O'Toole. Well, I like to say it. It's almost the same thing with Santi, but I mean, nobody really expected Santi to come back this season. Well, Santi um, signs a permanent multi-year deal, though. That's the difference. Yeah, true, it's, but it's, still, I mean, I mean, we we all thought Santi was gone after December thirty-first last year. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I'd but, say never, I'd say never say never. I'd say never say never. So here's the thing: with there's a difference because when Santi first came over, they never said that there was an option to buy, but they never didn't say that there was an option to buy. The fact that they're adding this caveat to the in the press release for the actual signing, I think is pretty telling that this is not a player that's going to be coming back. He is part of PSV's long-term plans, and he is legitimately alone. He's about as much of a loan as... What, was it was it the same was it the same thing with uh, Keaton Parks because I know Keaton Parks came over from Benfica and I, I don't think they mentioned anything about well, well, uh, no option to buy but I'm not I'm not sure well, that was years ago at this up. point. Well, hold up, time out. Sam has something there. What's up, Sam? No, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh, uh, no, so Keaton Parks. I don't remember what the deal was. I think Keaton Parks might have had an option to buy, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had a f- futures fee, but even if he didn't. Um, once again, it wasn't explicitly stated when P- Parks came in that there is no option. If they're saying explicitly that there is no option to buy, I think that's the front office's way of basically telling the supporters that this 
He's not here for too long, so don't get he's too attached. He's just a one-year rental. Yeah. It, it, literally. Okay, <laughs> also- don't buy his jersey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but but my question is, how how long was the contract extension that he signed for PSV? For 2025. Till 2025, right? So that's what? That's three seasons? That's four seasons? So he will have a... That's two and a half seasons. He will have a season and a half of European play once he comes back, starting from January 1st, 2024 to June 2025. So I'm sure depending on his performance this season, there's a possibility again that we could get him loaned out for another year. It's possible. Don't, ever, don't, don't throw that, that possibility out, but also we need to see how he fits into the squad that we have now. Because as of right now, the position that he wants or that he plays is held by Santi. Shanti yes. holding that position because Gabi is on the wing, Mati's on the wing, and Talis has to play up top. Well, so if Richie can fight for a way, let me, if, if, if Richie can fight for a way into the 10, then it gives Santi the ability to drift off to the wing, a position that he was event that he was more comfortable playing and giving us goals, possibly in replace of Gabi or Mati, if their performance is lacking. Well, so here's the interesting thing about if you read the press release from from Richie Ledesma today, he says that he he primarily plays the six, the eight, or the ten. He likes playing it down the spine of the field. Although he made no mention of playing wing, but for PSV Eindhoven, they moved him out to the wing because he was getting injured and fouled too much in the middle of the park. Correct, uh, Christian and Davi. Uh, yes, he played three minutes for PSV. Yeah, but but I mean, well, he, I guess for PSV and PSV two, he was playing. They moved him out to the wing. Um, so he has he, he has 15 appearances so far with PSV's senior team with a goal to show for it. So he he's gotten some he's gotten some minutes. It's not significant. It's about less than half a season, like for you know the Eredivisie. But it is significant, and also it, it's worth note. But he's mostly been playing for their reserve team, young PSV, for the most part. So that that should and be. And what, and what was the tournament that he shined at? How many years ago was that? That was a long time ago. That that Youth World Cup where he like 2019, right? Well, he where like got the hype. That was four years ago. He missed an entire year with ACL tear. I mean, even so, I mean, so did we look at a player like Gideon Zalalem. He had a lot of potential. He was faced with a lot of injuries. He played for the youth squad at Arsenal. Then he was loaned out. Then he was loaned out again. And I just hope that Richie Ledesma is in a situation like this. Because, I mean, there is more hype around him, especially from a domestic side, where he has been successful with our national team, our youth so, national team. So, so, um, so I, I agree 100%. Um, you know, like, obviously, like, all youth products are, aren't the same. But I think that that's one of the alluring things about this deal, because it's so short term. And it, it's basically a rental. It's basically like, yeah, drive the car around the block, see how it feels. You know, like, like don't, don't get too attached. Yeah, but I, I'm not. But here's the thing. So his original contract, I'm also trying to look at this from an objective like business standpoint. So his original contract expired in June of 2024, which is why they wanted that year done. So that way he didn't spend the entire year here. And then by the time he comes back to PSB, they're already talking about new contracts and he can leave somewhere on a free. I think what they wanted to do is it could be possible, even though it, even if there isn't an option to buy, it's very possible that he, like many other players in the modern game, has a release clause, a minimum release clause, that can be met. I don't know what that minimum release clause is, uh, or if it even exists, but it's also possible that's why that there's no option to buy, because they're going to want the release clause for him. 
So uh, yeah, that's, that's in the new contract, right? He has a release clause in his new contract. I don't know if he has a release clause in his new contract. I can neither confirm nor deny, but that's also worth mentioning. That like, listen, no player is unbuyable. No player in the world is unbuyable for the right price. Almost anybody can go anywhere. And if he has an attract, if he comes here and let's say he plays at like the ten. And then you can shift Santi over to either as an out-and-out winger on the right. I don't necessarily see it because I think that Gabi Pereira is going to is the guy there until further notice. I think it's going to take a huge collapse in order for him to not not be there anymore. I could actually see them possibly even, and I think we've even seen it a little a few times uh, in these two home games where Santi is playing inverted on the left and he has done okay, and even as a false nine on some occasions. There's infinite amounts of possibilities. That you can do with him and this is one of the reasons why i'm excited about ledesma because if he plays to even half of what his potential says that he can play up to he's going to be overqualified for this league there's a reason why he never played a minute here uh you know it's because he was already well past the development cycle of what the normal american mls youth product is you know is typically capped at or like where their ceiling is and he was already rated around the world and you know, obviously going to PSV, which is a very notable club. It's a big club. It's one of the biggest clubs in the Netherlands. Um, you know, obviously he's got something. What's up, Sam? What I just got? want to interrupt and say that the U.S. game is over. U.S. men's national team has beat Grenada. The final score is 7-1. So they, Germany, Brazil. I'm sure, I'm sure my Brazilian friends uh, are really enjoying that scoreline. You mean half our first team? <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, well, just br- so. briefly, I want uh, for NYCFC Nation, I want to throw a fun fact out there. The starting left back in this match for Granada, um, none other than A.J. Patterson, was a 2018 draft pick of NYCFC. Um, he never got signed to the first team. He immediately went and played for the Bethlehem Steel and is now playing with the Charleston Battery, but he is uh, he does have connections to NYCFC. He was drafted in 2018 and never appeared for the club. Just a fun fact. Well, we see why he never appeared. He was the starting left back in a 7-1 game. Anyway, so... Um, so there were NYCFC players who was a starting left back in a 7-0 game. Don't ever trash anyone because of a score if there's anything I've learned from this club. I, so I hate Ronald Matarita with a passion. Uh, he's, a, he's a fun joke. He's like the butt of every joke that I ever have. Joe actually wanted him back for this year. I'm like, are you fucking high? Yeah, exactly. That was my face. I'm like, never again. I never want to see him in blue any, ever again. Uh, especially with Eddie Hot airways in the front of it. That would be my worst nightmare. But uh, even though I'm not a Man City fan, they can have him if they want. I don't see why they would. But, you know. No, uh, l- Lord, no, please. <laughs> yeah, do your thing, though. Uh, but uh, so, Ledesma, if he plays up to even half of his ability, he can unlock this offense. Like, like, uh, like the, 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 the closest that we can come to unlocking the offense without having a true number nine in the lineup. Because having him there means that we can see like that like little that little nine role that Santi was playing against Miami, which did bear a, which did create a lot of chances and saw him in on goal a lot. The only issue is he's not a clinical finisher, but neither is Talis, the guy that they currently want to start. So I don't see how that's necessarily downgrade. It could put Talis back at the left wing, which I think we can all agree is his best position. That's where he's had the best performances. Well, What's my, up, Joe? my question for all of you guys is: at some point this season, do we see Richie Ledesma at the ten? Santi Rodriguez at left wing, Gabi Pereira at right wing, and Talos Magno at the nine. Yes. I'm going to yeah, say yeah. yes. Yeah. What about you, Sam? What do you think? Well, I was going to say, I mean, Ledesma's still a young kid, so and he's injury prone. He has, He's still, you know, I mean, you're always recovering from an ACL tear. So 
I think he he's gonna he, there's a mix of him proving himself, but also because of the loan situation, I think and understanding that he is gonna get minutes regardless of our situation. So I don't know. I think that lineup of, of Santi on the on the left and and Talis up top and and Richie in the middle is good. Um, but I don't know. I think he, he he's going to really need to prove himself because Santi is so cemented in that position. He's going to he's he's going to need to score a goal, have a few assists from an a substitute appearance before I think I trust him enough to start and move Santi out on the wing. It's fair. Do you think that with Ledesma's injury history, including a, a, a torn ACL, do you think that any time we play on turf, he will not be in the lineup? No, I think I think that's as much as I think that's like that should exist. Um, I, I don't think there are any players who we pay enough for them to say no to that. Yeah, but do, do you think maybe that's a stipulation that comes from his parent club, from PSV Eindhoven, saying he does not play on turf? Probably not. I I, I, I think I, 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 I doubt yeah, they're, that they're they're going to try to get as many minutes of out of him as possible. And if he winds up hurting himself on on turf anyway, that's going that's pretty much go, just going to confirm their worst fears. Because like 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 uh like we've pointed out, ACL tears are very long and arduous recovery processes that truly are pretty much never over. You're pretty much never the same after you tear an ACL. It's very hard to ever get I mean, back. Look to at it. look look at Michael Owen. He was never the same after he tore his ACL. Yeah, no, like yeah, it, it's, a, it's a devastating injury, and it's it, like 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 and, and especially like as a footballer, like with your knees. I mean, fucking you know, forget about it. But like, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the only exception to that is Laton, really. Yeah, but Laton's a fucking genetic freak. But uh, 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 but you know, like. I think they're going to let him... I think right now PSV is concerned that he might be injury-prone, so therefore I don't think they're going to put any limits on his minutes because I think they want to see. I think that's another thing. that I think that this loan means as much for PSV as it does for us or Ledesma. I think it, I think PSV is just as, a, is just as much of an important factor as any of those other two parties, and I think that they're loaning him out to see if he can even play, and they're loaning him out to a place... They're, they're giving him pretty much everything that he needs to succeed. He's from the United States. Let him play in the United States. You know, and, and he's going to find minutes there. So, at, like in the, in the best city of the, in the best city in the world. To may I add? Uh, well, yeah, of course. So, so going back, going back to a bit of our conversation, a bit about other players who are fighting for a position in the starting eleven. Remember, there's the League's Cup right in the middle of the season in July. That's also a good opportunity based on how our season is going at that point of and the Open Cup, don't forget, of using players who haven't had a lot of minutes to truly prove themselves. I would say Richie Ledesma, especially for the Open Cup, because he is American, he doesn't take up any of those international spots that are they, that are the rules. They did away with those rules. Well, oh, for then the, perfect. For, for, the, for the US Open Cup, the US, there's no more American rules. Oh, well, then cut that. I don't think there well, should have well, been... Well, what, was the the what was the rule? What was the rule? I wasn't aware of that. Back in the day, there, back, by back in the day, I mean like three, four years ago, there was a uh, there was rules about uh, how many international players you could have on, a, on your game day roster in the U.S. Open Cup. It's why the only time Joe Scally played played on the field for us was during an Open Cup. He got subbed in, um, yeah, because we, we needed to have American players on the pitch. I think I think oh, he had a few cameos so during funny. the uh, he had a few cameos during the COVID season too with no fans. Um, like a few. I don't think he ever played a. Away. 
Yeah, I, I think he played. I think yeah, New England away didn't play like what, like sixty minutes or something. Then like immediately got taken out. It, like like he didn't get his first minute, like league minute, until like he was already bought by Munch and Gladbach, and there was nothing that we could do. So yep. it's like. So, so now, at least he's tearing it up in Germany, and played tonight as well. So so far, NYCFC is one for one on the American reclamation project. That is bringing back Americans who are floundering overseas. Uh, cultivating, putting them in an environment to cultivate their talent and help them improve and improve their stock. Um, obviously, that with the one success story, that'd be Keaton Parks, us, us saving him from Benfica and uh, and helping him grow his stock here. Um, and the one, forgetting about Zalalem. And the one, the one loss is is uh, is Gideon Zalalem. Um, we had a lot of high. Don't forget Gloucester. Well, Don't forget Gloucester. I guess so. That, he doesn't count. Yeah, but he was just how, how long was he here for? Like one season, one and a half seasons. Was he here for two? One seasons? season. No, two seasons. He was here for twenty two and twenty. He was here oh, yeah, for the two seasons for yeah. the cup run. He was here for the MLS Cup year. Yeah. All right. So he was we're, here. So we're one for two. We're one for two. So we need we need this Ledesma thing. One for three. One for three. <laughs> who's, the, who's the third? Oh, Lester. Well, Parks. Oh yeah, one for three. But I was thinking of like one. We have one win and two losses. So if 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 if, if uh, Ledesma works out, we'll be two and two. Two wins, two losses. I mean, listen. One for three is not bad. It's a three thirty three batting average. That's one of the best batting averages in the league. Hey, listen. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all about the American Reclamation Project. Go, go find more Americans who are floundering overseas and bring them back. Go find a go. Uh, let's, let's go find an American nine. Let's go find an American nine who who can come and, and come over here and bag some goals. Let's go get Julian Green. Julian Green's not even that old. He's been he's a castaway on the on the U.S. Men's National Team. He's only he's only, only, only twenty six years old. Sam, Sam, what's up? I said the U.S. men's national team can't even find a good nine. How are we going to find a nine? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean that, that, that unless, unless Balogun starts fucking balling out, then yeah, I mean, I mean, well, we don't have to worry about Balogun balling out. The question is, who's Balogun going to ball out for? Is it going to be for England or is it going to be for the United States? That's the question right now. Yeah, it's it's going to be for the U.S. He already has a Yankee jersey with his name and number on the back, it, it, dude. Is, it's dude. It's is, over, bro. It's over. His numbers with Stad Rams is fucking insane. Like he's got like 17 goals and like 25 appearances right now. It's it's nuts. Dude, like, I, dude, he already he has a Yankees jersey, bro. He has. He has, it's over. High. It's over. He's American. He's, it's over. He has a Yankees jersey. He's the high. I think. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's the highest goal scorer in league one that isn't named Messi or Mbappe. And, and, and not only that, he's been spotted in a Walgreens. So that that makes him American <laughs> immediately. He's American. It's over. Fuck. Fuck he, you, England. Go swoodle on it. Be, but don't forget, he could also be putting pressure on England to call him up and say, "Listen, I can go to these fuckers anytime. One phone call." You know, and and it's done. I get capped for I get capped tied during Nations League, and that's it. You know, you're stuck with Harry Kane until he's fucking fossil fuel. So don't forget, he could be leveraging that against an England call up too. So that, uh, it, it, it's, it's all in the name of the fa- game. Fa- you don't come to the United States, reject the reject the call from England to come here to be spotted in a Walgreens and have a Yankees jersey in Florida. To, to to reject the U.S. flat out, you simply don't do that. It, it just doesn't. It just does not compute in my head. He is American. It is over. Dobby, Dobby, don't be thinking that we're hot shit. We have never accomplished anything like of note on the international stage outside the gold. True. Yeah, but true. You, you know, true. The, the match on Mon- it's on Monday, right? The next match. Monday, yeah. The match on Monday. Every time the ball goes out of bounds or during halftime, they're gonna fucking pan the camera over to Balogun and just show him living his best life in the stands <laughs> the at the U.S. Men's game. 
England is also going to be watching those games, the English FA. They're also <laughs> going to be seeing what it's best like, and they're going to get in that phone too. If you think they're not going to fight for Balogun, who's a proven goal scorer in a top five league, you're crazy. Uh, listen, I, I know that Harry Kane is their guy until further notice, and rightfully so, despite the penalty miss. Harry Kane's a cynical. I mean, if there's going to be another war, we're going to win it. We already won in 1776. So. Uh, okay, uh, okay. Uh, okay, but listen, here's the thing. That England did not need Yunus Musa, which is why we were able to get him in the first place. The Netherlands did not need Sergio Dest, which is why we had to get them in the first place. Whether or not they need, whether or not England needs Balogun is still up for debate because we don't know who's who's behind Harry Kane in that pecking order. Who's their who's their backup striker? Who they got behind him? Ivan Tony, Rash Rashford, R Rashford. I I've always thought of Rashford more as a winger. I don't know. In the winger. The first person that comes to my head is Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony. Yeah, okay. So, I, I mean, Ivan Tony's a fine footballer, but I mean. Jamie Vardy? Ivan Tony. Or... <laughs> Callum, Callum Wilson? Jamie Vardy. You got jokes, Joe. <laughs> Callum Wilson, he, he went to the World Cup, <laughs> I think. Isn't Callum Wilson like 32 years old? That's done. That's over. Some, he, something like that, yeah. I think it, was he in that World Cup squad? No, he was, I right? I don't. I, what this in Qatar? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Newcastle supporter. I don't remember him ever getting a call up. What you got for me, Joe? Uh not much. I think we. I think we've. Uh, I think we can. We can put a bow on uh, on this uh, this episode and. Uh, the, the last thing, I mean, I, I looked up the weather. I know that Davi did too. It looks like it, uh, at, at match time, it's going to be about 80-ish degrees with about 80% humidity. Um, so it is going to be a balmy, balmy day. But that, uh, but a, a day with weather like that, that is good for the Brazilians to really open up their stride. And it's good for Thiago Andrade to be able to run fast because he is I a... Swear to God, I, better see, I better see a rainbow flick volley from either one of Talos Magno or Gabriel Pereira. And just, like, Rainbow flick it, like, in Viva and volley that shit into the top corner. From your mouth to God's ears, sir. I'd love to see it. But I, I, goals will count, too. I don't need to see all the skills. Like, I, I like the skills when they work, but I just I need mean, to see the goal. I, just, I mean, it's, just it's, need... it's football. As long as the ball's in the back of the net more times than your opponent. Exactly. You I, don't, I don't care what he does to get it there. Remember, Lampard scored with every part of his body in, like, a month-long span. So, I mean, as long as the ball... He scored with his dick at the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, as long as yeah, as long as the fucking ball goes in, I don't care. Just be in the right place and be ready to put that ball away and fucking make quick work of Houston. As so, long as it does not touch your hand or your arm, I don't care. Because, because even though this is a road, even this is a road game, and even though we are historically not a good road team since like 2017, this is the perfect opponent coming off the two game win like like winning streak where we need to take advantage. What's up, Sam? If we don't go into halftime nil nil. If we score a goal before halftime, I'm going to be confident. If we go into halftime nil-nil, it's just classic NYCFC and something's going to happen. Yeah, I can see that. I uh, listen, I, I, or, or we, can, we can go into halftime up 1-0 and just defend that one goal lead like in Chicago. Oh, no, well, don't do that. Yeah, I just I just hope that we don't see the, the the Nick Cushing play for a draw on the road. I mean, I know that he talks a big game about wanting to go and get three points, but I just don't want to see Nick Cushing playing for a draw on the road. I don't. I, I don't think you should ever play for a draw. You play the game for three points. If you play for a draw, that's such a defeatist mentality, and I fucking hate that. It pisses me off. It's like if you're not if you're not out there and you don't want to win all thirty four games, you're in the wrong fucking job. I'm sorry. I, then, he, now listen. He played time. for a draw against Chicago. 
You know, and that's stupid because Chicago is not a good team. It's fucking stupid. And we could have easily walked out of Chicago with three points. And also, listen, and listen, I get it. In football, no, no, we also missed a lot of chances there. Hold, hold up. Time out. Not listen. I understand that the, sometimes you have to go into crisis management mode. And I understand that some sometimes, you know, you're in the 85th minute. Things aren't going right. Your 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 level, so you think, okay, let's just bunker down and just get out of here with something. If you're playing for for a draw for more than ten minutes at a time, you're a fucking loser. And I want everybody, I want anybody here who who listens to this. If you're a coach, yes, I'm saying it. You're a fucking loser if you're playing for a draw from the seventieth minute on or the sixty fifth minute on, which is what we've seen this team do in the past under Cushing, and it's fucking stupid. I don't like it. I'm not for it. I'm against it. You play to win the game, and if you have an opportunity to play to win the game, especially if against a bad team, pile it on. Pile it on. Listen, I hate to bring this game up, but when the Red Bulls were up in 2016 against us, like 5-0, did they fucking let the let off the gas? No, they fucking beat us into submission. And I re- and you know what? Fair play to them for that. Just, because just play like the U.S. play like the U.S. did tonight. They didn't stop at 3-1. They kept going. Exactly. Just keep. If you have the juice to score goals and you have the juice to attack, then you attack. Now, listen. If things aren't going your way and you need to call an audible in like the 80th minute or something like that, I understand. If we are, if we are, if we are up one nil in like the 65th minute, and I see Justin Hack or another center back come on, I am going to be fucking furious, and my TV is not going to make it past oh, tomorrow night. Oh, it's good not. Lord! You said you said Justin Hack. I get. Fucking yeah, well, 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 it's, it's on brand, isn't it? Isn't that like a fucking on brand thing for NYCFC to do? Bring in Justin Hack in the 68th minute to shore up the defense in a one nil game. Like what? What? What the fuck? I, I just it's I, well. On that note, because it is in the, <laughs> because it's an away game. Uh, the the three of us plus I'm sure Sam will be there. We will be hosting. Pre-match, halftime, and post-game. Spaces are back. Twitter spaces to talk about the lineup when it gets released, to talk about what has happened for the, in the first 45, and then to talk at length about what happened in the game during the post-game space. Um, you can find the spaces um, by following Dobby. Where, Dobby, where do you tweet out of? At Dobby on Twitter. Uh, or if you follow Christian, Christian, where do you tweet out of? C A Smith N Y C. Or you can follow the podcast Twitter, which is at B T Smokestacks. Uh, Sam, you'll you'll probably be posted up in the in the in the uh, in the um, in the Twitter space. And where do you, where do you tweet out of? I am Sam underscore Perman P E R M A N. Hey. So please come and uh, and share share your opinions in, in the uh, in the space about the, the opinions about the the uh, the lineup, the opinions about how we did in the first forty five, and then the opinions on the the, the, the final result. Um, hopefully, and 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 coaching's inept tactics. <laughs> inept tactics. Yeah, we, we, we have better than a five hundred record at the moment. Don't head on him too much yet. Yeah, and also he got us to an Eastern Conference final. Davi just has this weird thing about bald English guys. I don't know if he has a crush on them or if he just doesn't like them. No, like, I mean, I mean, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to touch a bald head just to see how it feels. Well, see, like, the, the, but... pro- the problem is, is that <laughs> last last year I talked so much shit about Nick Cushing on social media that 
when I was at the the dugout and Nick Cushing stopped by to have a beer, I had to like go out of my way to like not be seen because I had like this paranoia that he knows who I am and he's like gonna be pissed about what I say about him he, he online. Probably just bought him a beer. Yeah, it probably would have been fine. Bar- Barney, I was with Barney at the time because he, he was in the states, and uh, he went o- he I went mean, over and talked to him. But I was like, I'm I'm gonna stay away from him because I talk a lot of shit about him on Twitter. I, I, I want to point out that before that we made the playoffs in 2021, there was literally a banner in the in the crowd that said Sims out, Lee out, Dyla out, and Dyla still stripped and gave the fucking cup to the fans after the MLS Cup final. These guys are in the profession; they know what comes with the territory. They know that when you're in a pit and and, and you know and have a dip in form, that you know some especially a, as bad of a dip of, as we've seen with these teams in the past the past two seasons have all had extreme dips in form. You know, going into the playoffs, you know, like they—it's it, just—it's to be expected. So I don't think I, I, Nick probably wouldn't have taken that personally if you bought him a beer and said, "Hey, Nick, I'm sorry I talked so much shit about you, but thank you for getting us to an Eastern Conference final." And also, you know, no, because well, I, 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 think I, I, think I wouldn't be able to stop there. there. Like, I, I'd go be like, I'd be like, Nick, you know that you have five subs, right? <laughs> I'd slam the beer down and walk away. <laughs> That would have been a dick move, you know, but it also would have been you know, funny. You know the subs don't carry over, right? There's no, there's no accumulation of substitutions. You don't get a, you don't get two more next match. You have to use five in this one. Uh, All right, Sam. With you being our our, our honored guest, uh, let's br- bring us home with your uh, with your final thoughts. My final thoughts. Um, I'm so happy that the season is back. Uh, being at Yankee Stadium is or in City Field or just being with the fans is like. One of the best things that has ever happened. I'm so happy to be a part of Los Templados and and play drums with 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 everyone there. Um, it really like makes me so happy when the season comes around and I'm able to release that energy and and be around people who are all there for the same cause. And you know, um, it's just I'm every time you every, I'm I'm in the stands. I, I usually got a smile on my face. I'm usually face down in a drum, but I'm always having a good time. So my final thoughts are I'm optimistic for the season. I know we're in a rebuild, kind of. Getting James and Santi and, and Ledesma in, you know, kind of elevate us above that rebuild I uh, that rebuild category. I think, you know, I mean, with the new MLS playoff format, everyone makes the playoffs. But again, I think we have potential to go far, knock on wood. Um, and, you know, I'm optimistic for the season. We know what the core of this team can do, and I've never, I've never been Cushing out. I was never Sims out. I was never Lee out. Um, I knew it takes a little bit of time for everyone to get their footing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season and seeing what, what everyone, the fans, the media, all the NYCFC podcasts. I'm seeing. I'm so excited just to see what everyone has to offer. Well said. I'm I'm scared for these thoughts, but uh, Davi, what are your final thoughts? Can we please sign a striker, please? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll I'll ask nicely this time, please. Can we just sign a striker? And um, Cushing, please don't be tactically inept. Uh, please don't play to lose. Play play for a win, boys, and uh, I'll I'll be fucking happy with three points. So, to be honest, I got a long day at work from, uh, ahead of me tomorrow, and I just want to come home to to some nice three points. I think we can all agree on that. Christian, final thoughts. I'm pretty much going lockstep with Sam. I love being in the bleachers. I love hanging out with my people, you know, and because that, that's what they are. They're my people. Um, and this club is 
magic and just, just I, 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 there's no other superlatives or like you know descriptors to you know like put on it. NYCFC is just magic, and it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me sports-wise, and one of the greatest things that happened in my personal life as well. I've met pretty much half of my current friends from going to the games. So I've met Sam a few times, and he and I have chopped it up a few times and enjoyed it. You know, enjoyed each other's company and you know broke bread over NYCFC. But you know, like it just I, I love this team. I'm so happy the season's back. You know. Win, loss, or draw, I'm going to be in those bleachers getting soaked with beer or walking out miserable and cursing under my breath or above my breath sometimes. But, uh, I'm, I, yeah, no, I'm excited for the rest of the season. Uh, like Sam said, I do think that these new additions, these acquisitions into the team uh, have definitely put us above the rebuild phase. I think, um, I said it on the last podcast, I think that Santi and Sands alone elevated us into a, a bona fide contender. And I think that if Ledesma plays to even half of his, you know, his hype, I think that that even just more solidifies us more into that mix. And, uh, you know, like, and who knows, you know, what, what can happen, you know, from here on out, you know, we still have a summer transfer window to get to get by. So maybe the good times get even better, you know, at that point. Maybe we have a, an actual true nine at that point, maybe, and everybody can play their natural positions. But even, 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 even without that, I have a great outlook on this season. I'm I'm going to be in the bleachers regardless, and I'm just I'm I'm happy, man. You know, like like there's a lot a lot in my life that could be fixed right now, but NYCFC and my fandom of it is not one of them. I wouldn't rather have it any other way. I'm glad to be glad to be a part of the Bronx Blues. Well, at least until they become the Queens Blues in 2027. Very well said. So my final thoughts are that this match is going to be a big test for what we what the squad can can uh, can potentially compete to be um, getting points on the road is is a mark of, of a of a team that can compete for trophies and championships um, this is a, a team that we should beat Houston is not a formidable side um, they they are not going to be a western conference uh competitor in the top three in the conference so we should go in there and dog want them we should we should get three points um and we should show the league that we are we're back essentially like i mean not that we ever left i mean we, we made the eastern conference final last year we lost a lot of people but we're still right there we're, we're, we're right in the preface of greatness um every every acquisition that we get recently is has been has been a hit um, uh, this Richie Ledesma acquisition seems like, um, on paper, it seems like a great fit for him and for us. Um, adding adding ballers to your squad is never a bad thing. Um, the only the only downside is, is that there's only 11 positions on the field, and we have to be able to fill all of them. And then if if Richie cracks the starting lineup, that then that that means that another baller is going to have to get uh, relegated to the sub role. But I do think that um, that we are going to be a force in the Eastern Conference this year. Like Sam said, almost every team makes the goddamn playoffs. But I think that we are poised to, to do really good things this year. I don't think it's a rebuild. I think it's a reload. And I think we're going to fuck shit up. Um, NYC ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> exactly. But with that, as always, New York is blue. <laughs>